Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Talk Radio NYC, where I have guests who discuss some of the most interesting, novel, and complex challenges that business owners and employers are facing during these trying times. And in the spirit of that theme, that topic of my show, I'm very happy tonight. We're happy to have as a guest, uh, Mr. David Newhoff. David, welcome to the show. Oh, I think you're on mute. Just I should have mentioned that. There we go. Welcome Sorry to the about show. that. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to tell our guests a little bit more about who you are and your background and what you do. So they're kind of uh, int- knowing who you are, they're interested in what we have to say. But I also want to introduce our topic for the evening first, if that uh, works for you. And then we can get to you some questions as well. So, okay, so Perfect. our top. Yeah, excellent. Great. Our topic for tonight is a copyright and IP issues for employers protecting your content. And, you know, Dave and I were talking about this before the show, the fact that with the changing workforce of consultants and the gig economy and with more employees sharing creative materials off the web and via work from home setups, many employers are running into copyright issues surrounding their work content and the products that they create for clients and customers. So the question has become, how can you, the business owner employer listening tonight, how can you protect your content from copyright infringement claims and other issues? What steps can you take to be sure that your consultants, your employees, and your workers are not setting your business up for an intellectual property lawsuit? And on this next episode, I'm joined by my guest, David Newhoff, co-founder of RightsClick. David is an author and a copyright advocate, and we'll be discussing copyright protection and issues for employers to consider. And I also want to read David's uh, bio, <clears throat> so, so you have a sense of uh, uh, of who David is, a very interesting uh, person. David Newhoff, uh, although he's not an attorney, I need to say that, he's not a copyright attorney or a lawyer, <clears throat> David is a freelance writer, a communications consultant, and an author and copyright advocate. His blog, The Illusion of More, is followed by legal experts and the creative community. And in 2020, David's book, Who Invented Oscar Wilde? The Photograph at the Center of Modern American Copyright was published by University of Nebraska Press. In the fall of 2021, David and his business partner, Stephen Tepp, co-founded the startup RightsClick, RightsClick Inc., a software suite designed to help creative professionals manage their copyright portfolios. So again, we have a really interesting person on here, a creative person, an author, uh, a blogger, an activist, and a copyright uh, connoisseur. So with that... David, let's get into our first question, which is, I read your bio, so we know well, who you. we're dealing with, but tell us a bit more about yourself. Like, for example, how did your career initially start out, David, and, and what prompted you to become a copyright advocate, an author, and a founder of RightsClick? Right. So um, 
<clears throat> thank you for all that. And sure. uh, thank you again for having me on. And let me let me Pleasure. once again reiterate that I am not an attorney for those listening. Um, so do not consider this legal advice. Um, but to answer your question, so uh, I, my background is all in the creative field, um, mm-hmm. working as both uh, on my own work as well as a lot of work made for hire in New York City as mm-hmm. a creative, um, both uh, a writer, a video editor, a producer of a lot of video productions and, and film production work. Um, and I did that, uh, for a good <clears throat> over 20 years, uh, uh mm-hmm. easily in, in New York and, and also outside New York. And, um, and I f- kind of fell into copyright somewhat by accident. Um, a hmm. very good friend of mine, um, was then her, her name is Sandra Istars and she was then the head of an organization called the Copyright Alliance. Um, and we just, it, it sort of grew organically out of conversations, right? at the end of 2011 into 2012, which happened to be the height of what was then, what to, what is still called the anti-SOPA campaign, though many people might not remember what that was. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very big deal on the internet where a whole lot of um, organizations and the internet industry came out uh, vehemently against this anti-piracy bill mm-hmm. that was, uh, that was being proposed in Congress. And, um, and that was literally the, the the period when I got very interested in the topic, not only in defense of, of author's rights, um, but also very interested in the subject, which is partly the subject of my blog, of how uh, how misinformation spread so rapidly on the internet. Um, little did I know how serious that would become <laughs> as, as a topic um, in general, but but that was my my in, sort of initiation into the world. And then that that I started just I wrote an article on the Hill, and I wrote one for Stars and Stripes, and then I started writing things mm-hmm. that just appealed to me as topics on, on a blog under my own name. And then I launched the illusion of more in the summer of 2012. Um, and I've been doing that uh, ever since in addition to other things. Hmm. Interesting. David. Interesting background. You know, like I'm always intrigued and curious about how my guests find their current role or the current uh, company, what they do. And I hear different variations of either Something was either uh, in someone's mind since they were you know, six years old, eight years old, they would, they would go to their, their mother or father's office and, like, right. and, and you know, pretend to, or they pretend to be a doctor and stuff. They loved, loved it. Um, other folks like I hear who maybe had an experience, say, in a large corporate setting and wanted to mirror that in their own. And then I hear, if sort of, you know, I call it the accidental, um, for lack of a better term, right? Um, you know, it's a journey, you know, the person that maybe they, as you use the phrase, fall into it, right? You, you're you in a, a similar a field of writing and editing video, a lot of creativity, a lot of copyright issues coming up. Then you see this anti-piracy, you know, bill this issue 10 years ago, mm-hmm. roughly in Congress and, you know, start to get you involved. So it's interesting. I guess I hear some, sounds like perhaps like some passion about the creative side. And then maybe getting uh, parlayed into or fell into this other area as well, perhaps. Well, it turns out I'm very argumentative, which is not news to anybody who knows me. <laughs> um, so, yes. you, you, if you combine a, a, a love of arguing with with a, with a love of writing, you end up, mm-hmm. you know, something like law and policy just kind of fits. Um, yeah. And then, and then when that dovetails with defending artists and, and the creative field, um, it's mm-hmm. sort of a, a perfect match in, in that way. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then to finish your, th- you know, so the, the, the book came out of, out of the result of having, you know, acquired roughly 10 years worth of copyright knowledge. Um, and I thought, well, what do I do with this? Uh, so I decided to, to write a book, um, which I can talk about in more, in more detail if you like, but, but essentially sure. it focuses on, um, on a seminal case in 1884, which was the case that affirmed copyrightability of photography for all all photographs under U.S. law, mm-hmm. um, the the copyrightability or the constitutionality of that was challenged um, mm. over a famous photograph of Oscar Wilde, and in 1884 the Supreme Court affirmed that it was in fact uh, protectable under under the law, um, mm-hmm. and then and then rights click came about mm-hmm. is is brand new. Uh, Stephen Tepp mm-hmm. and I began kind of car you know writing it out on the back of an envelope as it were about eight months ago mm-hmm. um, and the whole purpose of rights click is it's a um it's a software suite um designed for the independent creator almost everybody in america is a copyright mm-hmm. owner not everybody yeah. necessarily is a professional creator um mm-hmm. but um but one of the reasons – there are a few reasons why independents don't participate in the copyright system, and, and one of them is time. The other is understanding. And so the suite that we've built is, is meant to, um, to help people uh, address both of those, and, and I'm happy to answer more questions on that. Yeah, sure. We're definitely going to get into that. You know, we'll have a chance uh, as the show, I think, goes on and progresses in our conversation to talk about like, right click and what you guys – do your unique services and the book as well. Um, interesting to see that, you know, the creators saving time and, and uh, you know, and understanding as well, having a clear sense of, of, of what to think. Um, absolutely want to talk about all that for sure. <laughs> but I do want to ask a, a, a first question of you, sure. or in terms of with respect to our topic, um, which is uh, not to belabor the point, but again, although you're not an attorney, um, <laughs> I know you need to, you know, had that clear for the folks joining, tuning in late. Um, you know, you clearly, David, have much training, uh, much oh, education, much knowledge of the IP realm. So I'm wondering if you can explain to our listeners, again, in a layperson's terms, sure. some differences between, like, the terms we're using, the difference between copyright, trademark, mm-hmm. and patent. And sure. can you give a rundown of why copyrights are a critical issue for business owners and employers to think about? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll take those in the opposite order. Um, okay, and- why is it a rundown important to think about copyrights? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, <clears throat> I let me stipulate by saying that I, I know very little about patent law. Um, a little bit more about trademark and a lot more mm-hmm. about copyright. Um, okay. But is in a nutshell, patent law, <clears throat> of course, is designed to protect um, the intellectual property associated with inventions, things like, you know, literally the build a better mousetrap. So mm-hmm. um, so you, you, you invent a new device, a new tool, um, something that has a function. Uh, that's, that's the subject matter of patent law. And... Yeah. Um, and it is distinct from other areas of, of IP, and I really should not be talking much about patent law, um, other than right. that I know it's it's very complicated and very expensive, um, sure. and uh, sounds right, yeah. and and not something any any business is likely doing on their own. Um, hmm. Trademark is is a little bit closer to copyright, and it is frequently confused with 
uh, copyright, which it should mm-hmm. not be. Um, yeah. People often interchange the two terms, trademark and copyright. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and you see a lot of a lot of efforts to to separate the two. In a nutshell, mm-hmm. um, trademarks are literally that they are marks of either words or pictures of the two together um, mm-hmm. that uh, that protect a uh, a business in a specific trade. So, um, and and they have a dual purpose. Um, they have a dual purpose in that they, they protect the business. Um, Mm -hmm. and in principle, they protect the consumer so that the consumer knows that they're getting what, what the mark indicates. And then copyright, (laughs) subject of copyright, of course, is everything that you can create, um, Mm -hmm. that, uh, that is a creative work and creative has a broad meaning. Um, sure. but it's the thing, it's the stuff that we, um, that we, uh, associate with copyright are, are, you know, books, music, film, yeah. photography, um, and, and software and a whole other range of, of creative works. Um, but right. copyright, the, the subject matter of copyright is creative expression. Right. Um, as opposed mm-hmm. to the other two. Well, you know, I, I, it's funny, I am an attorney, not, um, an intellectual property attorney by, by practice, I mainly focus on like employment law, business law, but in those areas, I do get an, an, a bit of copyright and trademark and these issues come up quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I, I would say that, like, you know, I think your description sounded really spot on. And it was a good kind of breakdown distinction, including the, the kind of true but funny, uh, semi-humorous aspect that patent can be complex and expensive and not really to be sort of tried out on one's own um, in a pro same matter. Um, so it gets to hear that, you know, for sure. So those differences, I think, are important because I think, you know, we're in a field for so long, we start say, talking about an issue. And if our listeners are thinking that a copyright is what you give, say, you know, for their, the formula or the invention, mm-hmm. or they think the copyright is, you know, the, the little trademark or logo, well, that's or the logo, rather, it's a different story. So good to have that copyright, right? It's the songs, it's the content, it's the, the, the lyrics, um, the, the software programming, all that stuff you mentioned. Um so good to have that. And then I'm wondering if you can talk about like a bit of, you know, why, um, why are copyrights it's a, a critical or important issue for businesses? Mm-hmm. Like, why should they be concerned? You know, what are the functions that copyright serves? Right, right. Um, there are a few different uh, things that businesses, I think, should, should think about when it comes to mm-hmm. copyright law. Okay. Um, one is, of course, <laughs> that any number of businesses generate intellectual property all the time. Uh, and they and that will always include copyrightable works. Whether the business has an interest in protecting those um, will depend on the business, of course. Mm-hmm. They're not likely to want to protect every brochure they ever produce necessarily. Sure. Um, but it's something to consider and also something to realize that simply putting everybody in their cousin puts the little C in the circle. Yeah. <laughs> on their cop, but that does not give grant it full protection under the copyright law. That if it's mm-hmm. something you truly want to protect, um, mm-hmm. it needs to be registered with the copyright office in order right. to uh, in order to have the possibility of litigating in federal court over over an infringement if that's something yeah. that could come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it is necessary. You know, you see, there are businesses that will, you know, perhaps only one own one or two or three copyrights in there in their, um, in their lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
those things are sometimes worth considering. Um, yeah. And for a business, it's really not very expensive to register a work um, with the Copyright Office. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the question of what your employees are doing, um, particularly in the digital age. Um, you know, everybody is used to kind of just grabbing stuff on the off the Internet, uh, whether it's music. Mm-hmm. Photography is probably the most commonly infringed mm-hmm. uh, medium. And, uh, and it's not very, it's not very uncommon. You hear about this and you see it on, on social media a lot where, you know, somebody who's working for you has, you know, you've told them, Hey, make this amendment to our website or make this change mm-hmm. or something real quick. And the employee who's maybe 24 years old, doesn't necessarily know better goes yeah. and is used to doing this by the way, right. because right. this is what they've done throughout their youth, go and right click, grab that image, put it on your social media account or something else. And the next thing you know, yeah. the photographer is serving you with a, with a notice of some kind. Mm-hmm. And now the business has to make a decision, but, but they are almost always indefensible. Um, and David, sorry to interrupt yeah. you there. Um, no, we uh, are a little bit over our commercial break. I want to get back to this point. It's a great point. We're talking about the whole issue of the employee who might be taking uh, copyrighted material off the internet. When we come back, we'll answer that question uh, in more detail. So, but I'll just let everyone know that uh, you're listening to Employment Law today here on Talk Radio NYC. Apologies for interruption. I want to make sure we get the commercial break in on time. So we will come back with more with David Newhoff talking about this issue of copyright, taking us through his company, RightsClick, and his book. So stick around. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back 
to Employment Law Today. Once again, I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live weekly video broadcast every Tuesday night, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., right here on Talk Radio NYC. You can also find us in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and I'm blanking on the last one. But, um, David, thank you so much for having us. I apologize for having you. I think interrupt your answer in the last part. Not at all. A little past the commercial break timing, but I left the audience in suspense. And we were talking before the break about uh, this this issue of sort of why should businesses be concerned about copyrights? Why is it an important issue for businesses? And you were saying how, right, business business owners have content. Business might have a content, I think a valid, you know, copyright issue that they need to be aware of. Also, I think you talked about employees who might be Mm -hmm. taking items off the internet, uh, and that's where I think we hit our commercial break. So without further yeah. ado, I'd, I'd like you to finish like, sure. what you were saying sure. all years. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's <clears throat> probably uh, probably one of the biggest issues, I, particularly if you're a relatively new business, but not necessarily. Um, you know, it has just become so commonplace. Obviously, everybody needs the Internet to market yeah. themselves. And a lot of people, whether they're individuals or small businesses, learn the hard way that simply finding something and putting it on social media um, for promotional purposes is mm-hmm. not a uh, fair game. <laughs> right. In fact, that is copyright infringement most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, you see conflicts arise when, say, you know, somebody has taken a photograph um, that may be good for your business because they've taken it with your brand or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you share it. Now, some of that stuff is meant to be shared and it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. It depends, but it's good to be aware of what, of what you're doing. Um, because for example, if it's a professional photographer's work, um, yeah. there's a decent chance that that photographer has a, has an interest in licensing that work for exactly that purpose. Um mm-hmm. And uh, and simply grabbing it and and putting it up on Instagram is is a good way to uh, to at least find yourself at the end of a C and D letter, if not a litigation. Yes. Um, assist, so. right? Yep, another term. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it and and so what often happens? I mean, sometimes these things work out, you know, amicably, but but other times you'll see on social media people get into into fights on Twitter and they'll say, well, all we did was take it off the internet and how, how can you be so greedy? And so, you know, want, and the photographer yeah. sitting there saying, well, this is what I do for a living. Right. And right. <laughs> so better to at least have some awareness of that. I think as a, as an HR matter um, depending mm. on what kind of business you're in, invariably mm-hmm. most businesses have a social media guru or five. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and it's yep. good to integrate an understanding of this into that, into that culture um, yeah. because um, especially now with the small claim uh, provision that's now available to, to uh, creators that just started last week. Mm-hmm. We can get to that in a second, but what I mm-hmm. want to say is that I think this is really important for people to hear, for people to hear because as you mentioned, um, an employer, even a, even a consultant, right? Independent contractor, right? Saying who works, you know, with a company may be hired, to do their marketing and promotion, their business development, and they might just say, you know, take an image off the off the internet. Um, I think it's almost as if people think it's sort of you know public domain and just kind of out there, mm-hmm. um, and it's not necessarily the case. And then, right as you mentioned, the photographer might want 
to have a license, you know, like to use their materials. I mean, I think if you go say to a number of different uh, programs that have, um, like for example, let's say you go to, you know, um, the constant contact or mass email marketing, right? Newsletter. Mm-hmm. If you're working with, you might notice that, like, you know, you have say, some stock images and then ones that are for sale, ones that are not for sale, um, ones that are free, but you want to be careful. Those you would presume, I guess, if they're right offered, you know, or perhaps cleared of copyright infringement, um, let's say constant contacts offering a business, these pictures to use, Yeah. but people then assume that any stock image that they happen to find, you know, they Google, you know, right. So, you know, a picture of say, uh, you know, like a, a store, you know, storefront and they right. find one and then they use it and they don't realize that it's cop- it's, it's copyrighted material. So yeah. I think it's just, you know, like, like I think it's a really good point you make there about, you know, just having, sure. um, and that recent amendment that has a small claim, right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Again, sure. I know you're not an attorney, but just you, know, you, you obviously have some, uh, some some knowledge about these issues and could tell us a little yeah, bit about that. Ab- mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the only the other thing I would add to that uh, yeah. discussion, especially if you're a business, um, mm-hmm. when you use photographs without permission and there's a model in that photograph, a human being, yes. um, you are essentially using that person's face to endorse or sell your business. And right. that person, depending on their contract with the stock company or the photographer, that person has not necessarily given permission blanket permission to then use their face to endorse anything that it's used for um, right which is one of the things you'll see if you go to a stock company and you'll see why there's something mm-hmm. is managed in that way um and mm-hmm. so those are you know those are model releases essentially and then and then of course you know regular people as well if you grab their photographs off social media and use it to endorse something they may not believe in you've you've infringed their right of publicity uh, I think which is a state matter by the way sorry Yes. No, I'm sorry. You're saying state matter, right? Yeah, state law. We, we, we saw this a lot, I think, in over the years or recent campaigns, right? You know, mm-hmm. certain politicians, let's say, you know, would like, you know, like play a certain music, you know, a certain song, <laughs> somewhat similar, right? And they're saying, and that these, the, you know, the artists wanted no part of that person's uh, campaign or convention and said, hey, you know, right, you can't use this. Um, and it's, it's interesting because people would assume, right, you know, well, they like, recorded, they, they recorded and produced a song and they put it out there into the airwaves into the mm-hmm. universe and you know i you know say purchased back in the days of purchasing cds yeah. or discs right you know like I, I bought this like, and i bought the music and now i can um play it wherever i want to play it but yeah. not so much if you're right using a say you know to endorse a candidate um yeah. yeah i think it i think there's a tension between like say you know sort of this idea of freedom and autonomy to you know to use things that you find or purchase even in any way you choose and there's not always the case you know mm-hmm. even if as you bought the you know, Tom Petty album, right? Let's say off the shelves and you want to use it, but he's saying, no, I don't agree to have this used at a certain, you know, party's convention because um, I don't agree right. with anything they're doing. So, right. Um, right? Well, um, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah, no saying, that, that gets into a, spe- uh, you know, a, a specific tension in music in particular because yes. uh, music is licensed for use in venues under what are called PRO licenses. And so mm-hmm. essentially, if the those licenses are intact, mm-hmm. you know, you've got mm-hmm. like a convention hall or something has has those licenses mm-hmm. or a campaign might might pay those licenses. Yes. Technic- technically, the uh, the rights holder can't really say anything about it. Um, right. There are some other areas and publicity is one of them. Like if I'm using Tom Petty to endorse my campaign repeatedly and he really doesn't believe in my campaign, he has right. grounds to uh, 
to complain about that. Um, that gets into a long, long <laughs> talk. Yes. Um, but uh, I know you asked about the small claim option, and mm-hmm. uh, but real quickly, the Case Act that was passed in 2020 uh, mm-hmm. created a small claim provision called the CCB, the Copyright Claims Board, which is a an alternative uh, to going to federal court for mm. particularly designed for the independent creator who might have a claim that's worth you know a few thousand dollars. That's not mm-hmm. worth starting a federal claim. You're an attorney. Right. You know that. Sure. <laughs> what it would Rich take to start that yes. process. Um, and so the small claim board, uh, which just began operating on the 16th of this month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is an alternative uh, to to federal court. Um, mm. And I, I could get into a lot of detail on that, but maybe <laughs> maybe more than you want. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I definitely want to keep this uh, this topic going and tie it back in also to what employers might use, let's say, when they're having a certain conference and they're playing certain music or using certain materials. But I first want to take another commercial break. Yep. Um, so that one actually was just much more smoothly on time. Good segue. So I'll say that you're listening, you're listening folks, to, or perhaps you're watching us here on Employment Law Today on Talk Radio NYC. I'm your host, Eric Sarver. Our guest tonight, uh, very informed, very, very knowledgeable, David Newhoff, co-founder of RightsClick. When we come back, we'll talk more about his company, RightsClick, and his book, and what RightsClick does for the independent creative and for the small business owner with respect to copyright issues. So stay tuned here on Talk Radio NYC, and we'll be right back. Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight, David Newhoff, copyright advocate, writer, author, communicator, passionate artist, and founder of RightsClick, co-founder, I should say, of RightsClick, 
um, with your partner, Mr. Tapp. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about before the break about like distinguishing, differentiating a little bit copyright from trademark and from mm. patent to some extent, right? We talked about sort of the mid midway recap here. Um, we talked about, you know, why copyright is important for business owners and employers to keep in mind. We discussed some examples of some, some ways that people might violate the copyright rules, uh, whether it's taking content off the internet without a license or without permission from the photographer or artist, or um, whether it's using it, you know, in promotion of some issue that the artist or the uh, person that has a copyright doesn't agree with. And I know we mentioned employers too. We talked about consultants or employees, pardon me, who might take things off the internet and use them without permission. And then the company might, right, get sued or get a copyright cease and desist letter, all that stuff. Um, I'm wondering though, David, a quick sort of sub-question. Sure. How might companies say, what steps might they take to prevent um, their employees, you know, their interns, their consultants from from making these mistakes and taking material and, and misusing it or, you know, passing it off as their own before some real trouble starts to brewin? Well, um, <clears throat> that really is mostly an education issue, which is why I think it actually yeah. does dovetail with HR, just like HR mm-hmm. trains in other areas of, of best practices within mm-hmm. a firm, within an organization. <clears throat> Um, depending on the nature of your organization, it might be worth mm-hmm. integrating some copyright education uh, yeah. into your into your into your HR plan. Because uh, hmm. if if you have employees doing doing these kind of activities on a regular basis, like I said, uh, they're promoting you on mm-hmm. social media. Um, it's a good idea to uh, to to either send them off to copyright school a little bit, um, or or find somebody find a resource that will um, integrate that education. In there, they don't have to. They don't have to know everything. Um, you know, although there is also the simplest possible way to solve it, which is, oh, yeah. it isn't yours? Don't use it. <laughs> right. You know, simplify the lesson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you go to a, if you need photographs, you go to a stock photo company. Um, right. They're not that expensive for a lot of stuff. Um, sure. And if you need music, you go to stock music. Mm-hmm. If you want something else that's famous, then mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to have to <clears throat> find out how and get permission to use it. Yeah, that's a very good point, right? The education of the employees, you know, I think we educate employees about discrimination statutes and, and HR and proper protocols in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I think we talk about, you know, say, right, social media usage and safety plans that might, that might have. Um, I think you raise a good point about education. I think also, you know, putting on my employment lawyer's hat that I think many employers, many business owners, many, you know, the companies would benefit from a solid employment contract and employment agreement this is what i would say as an employment lawyer that mm-hmm. contains specific terms around like say you know when they hire an employee or a consultant you know what is works for hire what's an invention of assignment you know yeah. agreement like, you know what happens let's say if somebody um is using work that is not their own ask the employee to make a representation that any work they use will be of their own right either that they have permission to use that work yeah. and that way you make it known that you know this is not sort of a, a small deal this could be a very big deal it's very serious you know this could be the equivalent let's say of you know plagiarism for a student who says oh, i'll just you know google this topic and take somebody else's paper and put my name on it you know it's no you yeah. can't do that right so i think it's like you know we need to have certain agreements in place and even you know agreements that might say what happens if you hire a consultant you know and you can't use any of the content they created say a marketing consultant for example mm-hmm. um if they're not using I've seen it happen actually with clients of mine where the consultant demands to get paid, 
and the company says, well, look, you know, we hired you, but you used all copyrightable material without permission, uh, told us it was your own. So now the company is demanding we don't use that. So we right. can't use it on a website. So, and the person says, but I put in all this hours, less time and work, right? I gave you some stuff that's usable, but it's not usable in conjunction with the other things. So it doesn't right. really work, right? Yeah. It's like giving somebody, you know, building someone two wheels of a, of a, of a, um, of a, a car, and now you have the two wheels. They well, I gave you half the wheels, but you can't make the car move with two wheels. So, um, yeah. so what do you do, right? You know, what kind of, and that, of course, is an issue for us lawyers to weigh in. I'm, but I'm wondering what you, you had some ideas or thoughts about this, just education, any of the ways you could think of that, or any ways that RightsClick may help in this situation? Yeah, well, I mean, it's very common um, to, mm-hmm. to hire consultants and to hire outside help, um, mm-hmm. whether it's building a website or making videos or, or you know, yeah. writing materials. Um, and it is very good practice to have a work made for hire agreement in place. Um, yes. that not only establishes that the work that the creative person you've hired is, is yours, mm-hmm. um, that, that it's the, the company's uh, property and their copyright, yes. copyrighted material. Um, mm-hmm. But also that, um, that the chain of title of anything they might use. So if they, for example, license, say Adobe Photoshop work, you know, uh, photographs mm-hmm. yeah. through their account, they need to pass that title on to their, to the uh, client to mm-hmm. make sure that the client is not liable for, for anything because Adobe might see them using it and say, well, you don't have an account with us, mm-hmm. um, but as long as it's in the contract and the work agreement that that title is that it's been licensed for this purpose and that license is passed on to my yeah. client, um, then you should be fine. Um, now that's coming very close to legal advice for me, <laughs> but, um, but having worked on both sides of that, of that issue as, as a creative supplier, um, right. something I'm familiar with. And I think many people are, but it's important to have that. Um, and also you don't want somebody out there working for you. Who's going to do what this, it sounds like this party did that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they use copyrightable material without permission, without license. Well, right. if I'm the owner of that copyright and mm-hmm. I'm going to, pick somebody to litigate against if possible i'm going to go to the deepest pockets in the room yeah the company um, and that's probably going to be the company not not the independent contractor right um if it's at all possible to do that that's that's going to be my first approach right. so the company wants to wants to protect itself in that regard right and again you know this is again not like you're saying you're not giving people specific steps to follow or legal advice right and i think right. you know we could all you know say that if you find yourself you being an employer, even an employer, a business owner, right? anyone, you know, facing a copyright struggle or copyright infringement uh, question, it might be very wise to consult with an intellectual property attorney, a copyright lawyer, oh, yeah. uh, someone, you know, works in this area, right? You know, licensed and barred in your state, you know, or, you know, in your jurisdiction that can help you with this. So good yeah. to have that kind of like as a disclaimer, folks, you know, um, I, I think because we're talking about such issues but you know to your credit david you actually think pointed that out before i did so um <laughs> i think it's you know great that you're probably used to this because you have such uh knowledge about a very legalese topic yeah. right you're sharing these facts and information um so i think you're probably used to saying look i'm not a lawyer this is not legal <laughs> advice i'm not telling you what to do i'm just telling you these are some some issues right and some ways you can go perhaps maybe avoid these thorny problems happening Yes, right here, and definitely ca- contacting counsel to set up a strategy yeah. is a good idea. Right. What about the work from home, remote work situation? You know, we talk about this a lot, right? You know, companies are working from home more. Um, you know, workers might say be using you know much more communication and sending in materials, um, doing presentations like online. 
rather than say, you know, in a conference room with people. Does that create any other sticky, thorny copyright you know, issues for businesses or not so much? Or It can in theory. I mean, the only, the, the one so way, you know, I, I don't know specifically many anecdotes, one or two, um, but uh-huh. it can in theory in the sense that if you're used to, if you're used to say getting together in a conference room and playing mm-hmm. something like a demo with some music or whatever, that that's that's something that's not going to get beyond that room and those five people or mm-hmm. whatever. But if now you're <clears throat> communicating over so, something like this over Zoom, yeah, and you then upload that material somewhere and then stream it so that everybody can see it, now you're engaged in in a whole other set of implications. <laughs> In, yes. in copyright law, and and also something that somebody's somebody else outside your little group is likely to stumble upon or find potentially. Um, right. So that's a consideration. It's not you know just because you were you know sort of doing something in a you know in a room, right? For three people, if you're going to stream it, put it up on the web, share it for you know a conference that's maybe a thousand people or something like that now it's a it's a different consideration so everything there should be squeaky clean so to speak yeah i right. check um, for copyright infringement check to make sure that the images you know right, the material you use is, is licensed if it's owned by somebody else you have permission to use it or it's your own original material maybe your own original mm-hmm. construction drawing painting yeah. no i think it's a really good point to make there because i love i think a lot of our listeners and audience tonight now, they may be, um, say, business owners who've been working largely remotely in the last couple of years now with COVID-19 and the pandemic. Yep. And maybe they're coming back in the office. Maybe they're staying remote. And so people giving presentations, they might be recording them on Zoom and say, okay, I'm going to play this back, you know, for a bunch of other clients later. We yep. know, we'll send them a copy of the file, send them a link, you know, to this like, recording. Might even put up maybe on the website. And, and so, like you, as you mentioned, you have a, a tendency to reach a much uh, potential to reach a much higher audience, much larger audience. Uh, right. And then, of course, like, you know, you're like, sort of streaming this material and they create problems. So, yeah. you know, we actually have to take a commercial break. When we come back, I would love to hear more about your company, about Rights Click yep. and your book. And I think also maybe when we return from the commercial, David, um, take our audience, listen, listeners through some of your unique services as well as some tools that you might use with your clients, you know, when it comes to copyright issues. So we'll, we'll do that after this commercial break. For now, you're listening to Talk Radio NYC. I'm your host, Derek Sauber. Our guest tonight, Mr. David Newhoff, Rice Click. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! 
On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to Employment Law Today. Our guest tonight, Mr. David Newhoff, co-founder of RightsClick. David's a copyright advocate. Uh, he's also a, a communicator, educator, an author, and a blogger. And so we're here tonight and a creative person as well. So David, again, it's been it's great to have you on the show this evening. We're really talking about this important... You're welcome. Very enjoyable. Yeah. You know, I, think it's, I think it's an important issue that I think people you know, often kind of toss aside. Oh, that's for the lawyers to worry about. That's for you know, I'd say big companies to worry about. Um, and yet, you know, here we are with, we see a lot of small companies, a lot of, you know, say independent contractors and employees um, facing down the, maybe the threat of a copyright lawsuit, infringement lawsuit, I think because, you know, they're not aware of this issue. So I'm glad we're doing this show about awareness. Um, and I usually like to shed, you know, light on a problem or an issue, right? Give our folks knowledge, information, awareness, but then also what are some steps and strategies, some tools and some maybe solutions to some challenges that might come up. So with that, I wanted to walk you through maybe last or take you through the last question. Um, tell us a bit more about your company, RightsClick. You know, you alluded to it earlier in the show. I'm wondering like what are some of your unique what are some of your unique services and thank you. Um, and some strategies you might use with your clients to help with these sticky copyright issues. <laughs> right. <So>. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks for asking. Yeah. So um, RightsClick, as I mentioned at the beginning, is is brand new. Um, We are just launching uh, as we speak. And uh, Stephen Tepp and I have been working on this for, like I said, about eight months now. And um, the the software suite is designed, I I keep referring to it as a portfolio management suite. And that's because it's designed to... Um, is designed as a database, first and foremost, of legally relevant information that you associate with creative works. And it's not the way most people, uh, especially independent creators or small businesses, maybe you're a small business that does a lot of design work. Um, mm-hmm. so you generate maybe a few hundred <clears throat> in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, even a small business does not necessarily have the resources to have, certainly have a council on staff. Um, and maybe not even counsel, uh, you know, uh, on a regular basis. And so they have to do a certain amount of this on their own. Um, and so we've designed a system that's supposed to make, that makes it easier um, to very quickly sort of control a whole portfolio of works, um, add uh, legally relevant information like the creation date, name. It's not very complicated stuff, but you don't necessarily, mm-hmm. not everybody necessarily knows that it's what counts in the, in the legal sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, having, having captured, say, an initial group of, of works, um, you can then register through us with the Copyright Office 
um, mm-hmm. if not already registered. And um, at the centerpiece of, of rights click is, is what we call an assessment, an infringement assessment tool, which is mm-hmm. a, think of it as a very sophisticated attorney client intake form. And mm-hmm. asks you a series of questions <clears throat> that are easy to understand for a layman. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it steps you through as, these questions at about three, four pages, you're done. And mm-hmm. I mean, like simple interface, you know, some of them are radio buttons. Some of them are, are inputs on a, on a field. Mm-hmm. And sorry about the siren. It sounds like I'm in New York city with you. That's um, okay, right. <laughs> or someone's coming after us talking about copyrights, you know, this exactly. can't be. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, and what this does is it captures the basic information to begin to consider whether you have a claim of copyright infringement against uh, against somebody who's misused your work. Um, and you can do very various things with that information. Once it's captured, you can either take action on your own, like send a cease and desist letter from within RightsClick directly to the alleged infringer. Um, and it's we have a system that generates essentially a, a customized it's 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 not every word in it is customized but you can customize the demand you might make um and the amount you might want and mm-hmm. or you could even offer to continue to license the work for a price um and uh or you could actually send that that material to an attorney if you think you've got a major claim and you mm-hmm. want to go to a counsel you can yeah. send that to them and save yourself about an hour on the phone Mm-hmm. Uh, just by sending them here are the basic facts of my of my claim and the attorney mm-hmm. can get right to, right to work by the time they pick up the phone or write you an email mm-hmm. um and then of course as i mentioned earlier there's the the small claim provision um mm-hmm. which is just launched and we are about to to activate our what we call our ccb tool the Cl- copyright claims board Gorgeous. um and you can be a pro se claimant with this small mm-hmm. claim, you mm-hmm. absolutely do not have to hire an attorney, but it's administratively a little challenging. I, I the, the way mm-hmm. I put it is you kind of have to be your own paralegal. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot to keep up with and make sure that you do on time deadlines you have to meet. If you're going to manage your own claim through the small claim, right? Mm-hmm. You'll save yourself. You'll save yourself a lot of money not hiring an attorney, but you do have to to make sure you you do these administrative processes. So RightsClick is is designed to help you file a claim that's mm-hmm. sound, and then also uh, continue with the process and maintain the process and keep you on deadline uh, as the claim goes through the various processes. Which um, which for mm-hmm. a lot of copyright owners um, will be confusing at first um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if they try to do it on their own because it is it is still a fair bit of sort of arcane administrative uh Mm. steps um that your average musician or photographer or writer is not used to dealing with on their own um so we want to make it much much easier to do um and also keep track of so you know there's a calendar there's a function that dockets the the work and and so you say okay i've got a response that's coming up due and it it appears there in your in your dashboard you know it's like when you say this is interesting david i mean i wonder if you have any uh well before i answer the question i i realize like that you know a lot of companies now are creating online to di DIY do-it-yourself type of like you know situation like say you know if you want to incorporate a uh, one-person LLC right mm-hmm. here's the, the form to fill out here's where you file it um, 
I, as an attorney in those areas, not in so much in your area, but in the in the business and employment law, I get a little bit, you know, skittish around that because I think there's I think sort of a fine line between, you know, boilerplate templates and the individualized attention of an attorney. But you're talking about something a little bit different here. You've got right, you know, certain forms in place, certain information, and the person basically is doing this pro se, which is a legal uh, Latin term, legal term, as those don't know for right being your own lawyer, so to speak, right, doing this on your own, right, uh, right. not having a, a counsel with you. Do you have, does your company, for example, like either have attorneys on staff or recommend that people, like, uh, give people an option, resources that they want, I think you said they want to go to an attorney? They can- yes, so one of the, one of, for, well, the first part is no, we are not attorneys. I mean, Stephen, right. my partner, is an attorney, but we are not acting right. as anybody's counsel. Right. Right, so right click is not as right as rights click, and we make that very clear that we do not provide legal advice. Um, Mm -hmm. However, one of the tools within rights click that still has yet to be activated because we need to finish it. I told you Mm -hmm. you, um, is an is an attorney list section, and so we're we're Mm -hmm. not specifically saying one over another or or going to match your claim to any particular attorney, but it is a list of attorneys um, who do practice copyright law Mm -hmm. and and are accessible to to independent creators um Mm. and and so what once that's activated what you will be able to do let's say you've gone through an assessment you you've got some basic understanding of what your potential claim is Mm. you can then contact if you want to one of the attorneys within our group within our list um Make initial contact with them, and if they, once they've established that first contact, then you could send them that assessment from right within RightsClick. Um, mm. And not only would it go to, say, let's say if you were the attorney, it would go right to you mm-hmm. from within RightsClick from there. <clears throat> um, but yeah. then also RightsClick will pop up a little reminder, oh, I sent this to Eric on this date. Interesting. And that way you'll keep track because – you know, you're going to get back to work as a creator. You're going to go back and make photographs or, or something else that you're really sp- supposed to do and you're busy mm-hmm. and you're going to forget. When did I send that letter to Eric to, mm-hmm. to get back mm-hmm. to me? So right yeah. click is there partly to remind you, oh, I should have heard back from him. Um, right. By, you know, four or five days, whatever, wherever you want the reminder to be. Um, and so help. what's that? It's administrative help, there's resources, but just not giving legal advice. There's a there's administrative component rights. Interesting work you guys do, really. Thank you know, you. believe it or not, you're welcome. I hope you had a chance to describe it all. We're actually got about two minutes and change left. I want to give Tim a floor for you, Stephen, just to share about sorry, David, I'm excited. Um, That's where, okay. um you know, like what you guys uh how do you find you, your website, any new things coming up, the floor is yours. Any, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, rights click is what we, where we are right now is in a private launch. Um, just kind of finishing out, kicking, kicking the tires on the system. And, and it, we do have some subscribers, but we're not, we have not fully opened the doors all the way. Um, and, uh, you can find information about us at uh, rightsclick.com, as you might expect. And, um, and that's, that's our website. We're also, we have a, a Facebook channel as well as we're on LinkedIn and Twitter and mm-hmm. please follow. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I think one of the next things that we are going to, that we are putting together is a webinar. Uh, where we want to invite people. And if any of your guests are potential candidates for this, um, hmm. 
we'd love to let people know. We want to invite people who may be interested in protecting their copyrights um, to uh, to join the webinar, and we'll demo the app and answer their questions about the app, but as well, and also answer whatever copyright questions we can answer, uh, short, short of giving specific legal advice on a claim, but uh, but we can certainly answer a lot of general questions about the law. Wonderful. When is that webinar, by the way? And a quick... Uh, we, we haven't scheduled it yet, but we you and I can be in touch, and, and I can definitely sure. let you know. We'll do that. You know, and I want to say in the last 30 seconds of the show, it always goes so fast, you know, but... Um, David, David Newhoff, thank you so much for joining us this evening on Employment Law Today, talking about this wonderful and uh, interesting topic of copyright and IP issues for employers and protecting your, your content. Uh, folks, if you like the show, tell your colleagues, tell your clients, tell your friends, and tune in Tuesday nights, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. here on Talk Radio NYC. You can reach David at uh, riceclick.com for more information. I'm Eric Sauber, Employment Law and Business Law Attorney here in New York City. Wishing everyone a wonderful night. And David, once again, have a great night. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Same here. Bye-bye. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. podcast 
Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.